You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you on today's show. College athletes being able to transfer wherever they want and not have to sit out a year. That's what the NCAA has cooking this week. We will give you the latest on that. Also, we'll continue our spring game preview week as we focus today on LSU, catching up with Jarrett Roser of TigerDetails.com. He'll tell us what to expect out of the Tigers in 2021. And we'll go around the conference with tidbits from Georgia, Florida, Mizzou, among others. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. All right, so the new NCAA rule. News will not be official until Thursday, but Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic is reporting that NCAA's Division I Council has voted to pass a measure during its current meetings that end on Thursday. And basically, the new official announcement would regard the rule of transfers and having to sit out. Uh, one important note regarding this rule, the SEC overrules any NCAA decisions, so the conference itself will still have to decide whether it will allow a one-time transfer rule within the league following this news. But basically, in normal years, will be a May 1st deadline for fall winter sport athletes to tell their schools they're transferring, and a July 1st deadline for spring sport athletes. For this year only, a waiver has been approved for all transferring athletes to use a July 1st notification deadline for immediate eligibility for the 2021-2022 academic year. Now, I think we all kind of expected that to happen with basketball, and the jury was still kind of out on that happened for football and other sports. So, sounds like the NCAA is going to pass this, but the SEC will still need to get together collectively and decide if they will allow that. Basketball, we're already seeing the Wild Wild West with guys transferring everywhere they can. Question is, that starts to happen in football moving forward. Eek. A lot of guys on the move. All right, sticking with SEC football conversation, according to Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland, he expects full capacity crowds in the fall. We're hearing this from several other people around the SEC, but uh, good to hear it from Another SEC AD during an appearance at Florida's uh, eye-opener discovery breakfast on Wednesday. Scott Strickland noted that the school is anticipating full-capacity crowds at sporting events of the fall. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium official capacity is 88,500, but Florida did manage to squeeze over 90,000 into the stadium back in 2019 for the Auburn game. Following that game, the uh, Gator faithful was praised for playing a factor in Florida's win with Six home games on Florida's schedule next year, including matchups against Alabama, Tennessee, Florida State. Safe to say the Swamp will do its part to help the Gators try to stay undefeated at home this season. In recruiting news, Alabama, they picked up a big pickup in their 2022 recruiting class yesterday. Columbia, Mississippi standout Jaheim Otis tweeted his commitment to the Tide. He's a six foot four, 349-pound, uh, rated four stars, Number three, Mississippi recruit and the number 12 defensive tackle. Number 149 prospect overall in next year's class. 
It offers from the likes of Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, A&M. Otis already had three SEC offers when he was going into eighth grade, so a uh, big pickup for Alabama. Over at Tennessee, Josh Heupel, he just landed his first commitment of the 2022 recruiting cycle. His pledge comes from an in-state prospect, which is something Heupel has stated will be a core building block for the Vols during his reign. A Murfreesboro native, Elijah Herring, has made the decision to become a Vol. Six foot two, 225 pounds, placed for Riverdale High School in Murfreesboro. Is rated as a three-star prospect, the number 49 outside linebacker in the country, and Tennessee's number 29 overall prospect in the state. So good pickup there for Josh Heupel. Over at Missouri, they just picked up their fifth in-state commitment uh, with standout Tristan Wilson becoming the latest play- player to pledge to Eli Drinkwitz. He's a six-foot-five, 295-pound uh, lineman, rates as a three-star the number 25 offensive guard in the country and the number 18 player from the state. Mississippi State Bulldogs, they continue to pick up recruits in their 2022 cycle. Yesterday evening, they landed a commitment from uh, commitment number nine for this class, a three-star cornerback out of Memphis by the name of Tyler Woodard. He is the number 66 cornerback in the 2022 class. Uh, a couple players on the move after Two seasons at Mizzou, Tigers linebacker Zachary Brooks is reportedly entering the transfer portal. He's not listed on Mizzou's current roster. His bio states that he redshirted in 2019. Coming out of Woodrow Wilson High School, he's rated three stars, number 72 weak side defensive, and he chose Mizzou over offers from Purdue and Oklahoma State. It also appears redshirt freshman DB Aiden Harrison at Mizzou is entering the portal. He signed in the 2019 cycle, the final full class of Barry Odom's era. He was a three-star DB out of the state of Michigan. Some other SEC football news over at LSU. Coach Ed Ogeron said yesterday, talking with the media, there is no starting quarterback right now as Miles Brennan, TJ Finley, and Max Johnson continue to battle it out there. The first snap of Spring football, Coach O said, really didn't matter as he gave that to Max Johnson for, quote, winning the final two games of the season. He said it could have been Miles Brennan, but that competition is ongoing. Over at Auburn, new head coach Brian Harson discussed Bo Nix and his quarterback position in talking with the media. He said, always at that position, to me, the quarterback is about decision-making. I think the best players that you see that play that position at the next level in college and in high school, the reason why they're good because they make great decisions. Quarterbacking is about making great decisions. You've got to be accurate. You also got to have the physical traits to go out there. And Bo Nix has all those things. So pretty good praise so far from Brian Harson. We'll see if Bo Nix takes that leap this year production-wise. Over at Georgia, after their spring practice uh, this week, Kendall Milton, the running back, talked with reporters. And he brought up again that Georgia is running back you. He said, this is Georgia. This is RBU. So I feel like the run game is always going to play a part in this offense. We're an offense that has a lot of weapons all over the field. Everybody wants to get the ball, so you got to make the scheme basically where it fits everybody. If you recall, Zamir White led Georgia in rushing last year with 779 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. James Cook, kind of more that double threat. He scored five touchdowns last year. And uh, Milton will try to work his way into the mix more. He had almost 200 rushing yards last year. 
In SEC Hoops news, following the Razorbacks' run to the Elite Eight, Arkansas stepped up and made head coach Eric Musselman, one of the top 10 highest paid coaches in the country, signed a new five-year contract worth $4 million annually. That deal will run through April of 2026. Over at LSU, one of their guards is leaving the program. Andre Hyatt will enter the transfer portal. Started 15 games last year, averaged just four points, three rebounds over 15 minutes of action. You have to wonder if Xavier Pinson coming in made Andre Hyatt say, well, I'm going to head out if Pinson's coming in to play guard. Over at Tennessee, they really needed to add a big man this offseason, and Rick Barnes has done that. Six foot 11, Jonas Adu, the number one overall prospect from the state of North Carolina, previously decommitted from Marquette. Pick Tennessee over offers from Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, among others. Four-star prospect, the number seven center in the country, Jonas Adu, heading to Tennessee. And Tennessee now is a top ten recruiting class, number two class in the SEC. Five-star guard Kennedy Chandler is the headline of their class, but another good pickup. Over at South Carolina, Frank Martin continuing to remake his roster. Yesterday, North Texas transfer guard James Reese announced he's heading to the, uh, the Gamecocks. And after two seasons in Florida, guard Quez Glover is uh, transferring to Samford. So um, well, changes continuing to happen at all the SEC basketball schools as guys are on the move, hitting the portal, transfers coming in, guys going out, commitments coming in, a lot of movement. All right, when we return, we're going to catch up with Jarrett Roser. Continue our spring game preview week as we talk LSU next. Need to remind you guys about our friends at rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Rockauto.com has got you covered with auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Look, the summer is almost upon us. You guys are going to be taking family road trips and doing whatever you do. You want to make sure you got everything taken care of. You don't want to be that guy getting pulled over going, sir, do you know you got the tail light out? Do you know your license plate is hanging from the back, not uh, fully secured you can get all the parts that you need for your car everything from engine control modules to motor oil even new carpet whatever you need they have it for you at rockauto.com their catalog very easy to navigate you quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and the prices that you prefer best of all the prices at rockauto.com always reliably low and the same for the pros or do-it-yourselfers like you and I. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Hey, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host B Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're right along here, Locked On SEC, getting you guys ready for some of the spring games happening this weekend and so far this week, we've previewed Tennessee, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and now we turn to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as the LSU Tigers look to uh, get out on the spring practice field this weekend and try to uh, get back looking more like the Tigers from two years ago and not so much like the Tigers of 2020 that 
really underachieved. But uh, joining us now is our buddy Jarrett Roser from uh, TigerDetails.com and Louisiana versus all y'all. Yes, that's the website, and it's one of the best out there talking uh, recruiting and everything else. Jarrett joins us now. Jarrett, what's going on, man? Hey, man, not too much. Just, as you said, getting ready for this uh, this final dress rehearsal tune-up situation of the spring for the Tigers uh, as they, they continue through this offseason and try and rebound from and at best up and down uh, year this fall. Yeah, so let's start there because uh, LSU's been out on the practice field for a couple weeks now. They'll have their spring game this weekend, but I think the headline that kind of grabs everybody is Coach O still not committing to a quarterback. We know Miles Brennan was the incumbent last year after Joe Burrow had left, and you know he was the starter for a couple games before he gets hurt. Then we see T.J. Finley. Then we see Max Johnson finish the year winning the last two games and looks pretty good. But where are we? Why has Coach O not said, okay, Miles Brennan's absolutely the starter? Why is this still kind of an open competition? Yeah, and I think it's going to be an open competition well into fall is, is kind of the feeling or the messaging that, that O and company there in, in the football ops building have, have shared with those players uh, as well as publicly. Um, you came into this spring and with – all of the expectation that Miles Brennan was back 100% healthy uh, with the way he had started the season and all the experience that that he brought to the table, that he was going to have a really good chance. But obviously, the way Max Johnson finished the season, um, you felt good about him at least, you know, having having a chance to battle Miles to to hold on to that thing, and they gave him the the first reps of the spring and he'll also be the the first team quarterback for much of Saturday's action. But um, those guys continue to battle. And I've heard kind of quietly behind the scenes that TJ Finley has had some stretches where he looks like he may be the most impressive quarterback with, uh, with this offense with new coordinator, Jake Peets and, um, and passing game coordinator, DJ Mangus back in Baton Rouge. And so, I think really the Tigers, you you think about quarterback competitions and a lot of times the attitude is this sense of if you have two or three quarterbacks, it means you don't really have one sort of thing and that you don't trust any of them. I think LSU actually really feels pretty excited about and intrigued about the options they have there and they're going to let it continue to play out, let those guys continue to compete and push one another and then see how things go uh, throughout the off season. And then in some really competitive scrimmage situations in August uh, before they determine who is going to be the guy that takes those first snaps against UCLA to start the year. Uh, and so I, I know a lot of eyes will be on that position Saturday, but no matter what happens Saturday, I think it's something that's going to drag on quite a while. Uh, as we were preparing for this interview, I was going through just some highlights from last year and looking at what LSU did last year, and I was quickly reminded, I mean, you've th- this is a program that's always had good wide receivers, but you, know, you go from Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson to uh, you know Terrace Marshall, and then this kid who really came on towards the end of last year as a freshman, Kayshawn Boutte, I forgot he had over 300 yards receiving in their season finale against Ole Miss, and I just start thinking, my goodness, like what's this kid going to do this year at that receiver spot? Uh, how big of a role is he going to play, and is he the next great LSU wide receiver in a line of a lot of great ones? I think so. Kayshawn is a guy that you mentioned that game that he had against Ole Miss, and for all of the records that fell in 2019 on route to that national championship, you kept seeing Jamar Chase and – I mean, it was mainly Jamar Chase leading the way in terms of that chase for 
uh, no pun intended, the single-game record for LSU and for the SEC in receiving yards. But you had Jamar, Justin Jefferson, and Terrace Marshall uh, all putting up big numbers on given weeks and Terrace doing it for much of this past year before he opted out late in the season to go get himself ready for, for this year's draft. And, and all of a sudden, here comes Kayshawn, the freshman from Westgate down in New Iberia, breaking the record that everyone else kind of flirted with but not been able to, to knock down. And I think what's really intriguing about him is he's a guy that is still putting so much of it together when he broke into the lineup for Westgate in high school. He was really a speedy track guy that they just wanted to get the ball in his hands any way they could and wasn't a particularly polished receiver, but just let's get this guy the ball in some space and he's going to make some big plays happen. And he really worked his tail off the last couple of years of high school to try and become a more complete receiver. And you started to see him be able to to do that and, and show more of an all-around skill set by his senior year. But even then, it was still kind of a work in progress. And so I think you saw him really want to want to take upon himself just his competitive nature to chase those guys that had been in front of him and, and prove himself to be the next great receiver. And you saw flashes of it late, obviously, but I think we're still going to continue to, to see him take steps forward where you see him not necessarily have that type of a numbers game, but be that type of a consistent threat every th- single Saturday where opposing defenses have to know where he is. And, and that's something they're going to do with him this year too, is move him all over the place and, and really kind of force the issue uh, for some of those defenses to try and play catch up. Well, when I think of LSU last year, Jared, I don't think of the offense struggling very much. I mean, even after Miles Brennan went down, like I said, we saw production out of TJ Finley and Max Johnson, but I think of how bad the defense was and, Obviously, it was a mistake bringing back Bo Pelini. He was not the D.C. he had been 13 years prior at LSU. But what do you make of Durante Jones coming in from the NFL as the new D.C.? And you know, I hate to say it, but, I mean, is it as simple as saying the defense has to be better because there's no way they can be as bad as they were again last year? Yeah, but if the defense is as bad this year as it was last year, I'd be pretty shocked. They'd, they'd be hard-pressed to do so, and I think for – a variety of reasons they just never got on the same page in that weird year with a new coordinator and some other new coaches coming in during the middle of a COVID year where they also lost the bulk of the starters on that roster following the national championship and they just they got behind never got on the same page communication was off um, all year long and, and they never got that corrected and so the vast majority of that defensive staff is new and has come in knowing that they have to really start with just shoring up some of those foundational aspects and and making sure that those guys are on the same page with their language and and communication and hearing some of the stuff that happened behind the scenes in terms of that miscommunication is, is a little bit shocking that a high level program of LSU's nature was dealing with, with those things. And so I think uh, just in terms of, being on the same page and communicating, they're going to be in a lot better situation and they're still going to have a lot of talent uh, as they did last year, honestly. And a lot of young guys from last year's team or guys with that additional COVID year of eligibility uh, all coming back on top of just that greater level of being in sync. I think you're going to see that be a group that comes back hungry to prove that this past fall was a fluke and, and is able to, uh, to take a huge step back forward this year and, and that be kind of a, 
a major storyline of a much improved team overall. More with Jared Roser right after this. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We got NBA games going on. We got MLB now in full swing. Why would you just watch the game and not have any interest in it? If your team's not playing, have an interest in the game. Go to betonline.ag. They got you covered with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They got you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. Bet online, the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to their website right now. You can do so on your mobile device, your tablet, your uh, computer. If you got the old school uh, Mac desktop, whatever you, you got, go to betonline.ag. It is the best way to place your bets, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use our promo code Locked On. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Get in on the action today. Hey, next week, April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team will make trades and pick the next big stars for their team subscribe to the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by locked on and odyssey on the new odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts continue our conversation with uh, jarrett roser who uh, covers lsu you can follow him on twitter at uh, jarrett roser jarrett with a t and uh, of course the website tigerdetails.com louisiana versus all y'all i wanted to switch gears a little bit jarrett and hit a little bit on the the college basketball world this last two weeks has just been absolute insanity. I mean, from the the tournament, which was a lot of fun, to, man, the open door on the transfer portal, especially in the SEC, it has been the wild, wild west of just guys. Like, we're literally seeing complete roster overhauls from last season as we look ahead to next basketball season. But I bring that up to say, you know, Xavier Pinson, who was a, a really good guard at Missouri, he switches, uh, switches it up, and he's heading to LSU now. But even all the other SEC schools, I mean, you're seeing guys uh, transfer from one SEC school to another. Did you ever envision that something like this would happen? I mean, we know a lot of guys are getting that pass because of the COVID year, but, man, it is going to be completely different teams next year in the SEC. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild to keep up with on just a, I mean, a day-to-day, week-to-week basis to see all of these transfers uh, actually occurring or, or speculation of who else could be heading where and, and be immediately eligible. Uh, and I think we're definitely in a, a unique time because of the COVID situation, but also the direction that college basketball has gone overall with, um, with some continued adjustments to transfer and eligibility rules. You've seen things kind of progress this direction for, for a while. And it's, it's gonna it's gonna make it really weird on some uh, some Tuesdays or Wednesdays or Saturdays or, or whatever over the winter where you're seeing guys play against their teammates from a year ago. Um, in I mean in Pinson's case, uh, I mean a couple times potentially during the the conference year and, and other guys really moving all over the country. But uh, I I think he was certainly a huge get for an LSU team that now has had Darius Days, Trenton Watford. And Javante Smart all announced and an expectation that Cameron Thomas will also announce for the NBA draft. And Will Wade was not shy in the immediate wake of that Michigan game in the second round of the tournament that the transfer portal was going to have to be big for the Tigers with uh, with those sort of losses to, to bring in some immediate impact experience type guys to go with this young core. And I think a, a huge one to get 
Pinson down from Mizzou, and, and they're looking to add another one here uh, potentially soon. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, I think Auburn, you know, they get the five-star Walker Kessler from North Carolina. It's, I mean, it means it's going to be a lot of fun watching SEC basketball next year. But, uh, man, I mean, Alabama's reloading again. It's just uh, it's crazy to see. Uh, Jared, I want to switch gears back to football, but particularly on the recruiting trail. I know you cover a lot of recruiting when it comes to the state of Louisiana. Um, and obviously, look, LSU's done a pretty good job of putting that fence up around the state, but we know Alabama has snuck in there and stolen some guys, particularly the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, other programs as well. Where are we right now in recruiting? And it sounds like, you know, the NCAA is at least going to try to get back to normal recruiting here in the next couple of weeks where kids can go back to visiting campuses again, right? Yeah, the expectation is this week that the NCAA will make an announcement that June 1st will reopen um, in-person and on-campus opportunities for recruiting, which would put an end to a 15-month dead period, which is crazy. And I know a lot of the, not only the college coaches, but the high school guys have been really frustrated with it throughout the process. You had guys last year, even like a Sage Ryan, who had grown up, knew LSU very well through his family, connection with Trev Falk and, and Kevin Falk, and had been to a lot of games, but was just very frustrated with feeling kind of hamstrung by the rules to not be able to go interact with some of the coaches from LSU and elsewhere in person and, and really make the most of his process and, and make sure that he was as sure as possible with his ultimate decision. And so I know it's it's been something that, those guys have been really eager to get back to this point and the college coaches an opportunity to actually in person evaluate for the first time in that long will be huge and LSU and most other programs will hit the ground running really quickly. They've been kind of behind the scenes piecing together what they wanted their schedules to look like if this decision uh, did come to fruition uh, because it had seemed like it was heading this direction for a while and so LSU has already kind of started to circulate with some prospects behind the scenes, a schedule for several June dates, one after the other, I think starting with the fourth, uh, a kicking and punting camp, and then different position groups leading all the way up through the middle of the month, having a multiple day elite prospects camp. And so they're going to try and get in there quickly. They've, they've had a lot of success to this point, another strong class, uh, despite the up and down year this fall, and then a good start with their first 11 commitments for this 2022 class, but they really want to uh, come back out swinging on the recruiting trail this June once they're able to get some more guys on campus for the first time in so long. A- anybody from the state uh, that you've seen recruiting-wise that's going to play in the SEC this year that you're excited about? I mean, I know the top kid in the state uh, went to LSU and Mason Smith, but any, uh, any other kids you're interested to see this year in college? Yeah, and LSU got – most of the top guys in the state, as you had mentioned, and Mason is someone that was on campus this spring and has really impressed everyone at every media availability you hear from O and, and the older Tigers of, of how great Mason has been thus far. And I think there's an expectation for him to compete for a starting job at that defensive tackle spot and certainly be in rotation for a good defensive line group. Uh, the guy I mentioned, Sage Ryan, and another defensive back from in-state, Matthew Langlois from Catholic Point of P, are two guys that are going to get into that secondary when they arrive to campus and make some noise and try and compete for some spot at, at a safety or nickel-type role, probably be some versatile pieces there. And I mean, a, a lot of the 
LSU signees, honestly. I, th- I think Chris Hilton and Jack Besh and Malik Neighbors are guys that may have an opportunity to get on the field at the wide receiver spot. Um, another one in terms of a guy that left the state but is elsewhere in the SEC is Destin Pazon or Destin Hill um, from Edna Carr, the wide receiver who looked at looked at LSU, looked at or I, I guess I, I was saying SEC. He ended up at Florida State, uh, but I think he's going to be a guy from in-state that has an opportunity to go uh, make an impact here pretty early in his career. Um, and Katravion Hargrove, the running back from Ruston, ended up at Mississippi State. And I'm interested to see when he gets on campus what type of push he can make in that backfield for the Bulldogs. He's a, a really talented young back that I think uh, Coach Leach and company will really enjoy up in Starkville. Talking with our buddy Jared Roser. Last thing for you, Jared. I know you're you're not close to the baseball program, but you at least pay attention to what they're doing. Uh, we got some monster series going on in the SEC this weekend. We got Ole Miss against Mississippi State. We got Vanderbilt and Tennessee, but kind of an under the radar one for LSU. If, if their season kind of going sideways. You get a top ten team in South Carolina. I mean, this is almost do or die time for the Tigers this weekend. If they can't win two out of three, or at least avoid getting swept by South Carolina. I mean, their season may be done. Absolutely. It's been tough to, I mean, you mentioned I haven't been covering a ton of baseball, but keeping up with them a little bit and, and making sure I, I check in on not only the scores, but um, some of what Coach Maneri and some of those guys are saying after some of the games are leading into some of these big series. And it had gotten really tough during that Vanderbilt series a couple of weeks ago on Easter weekend when the Tigers got swept, it was really difficult to hear from, from those guys. Uh, and just, it, there, there was such a dejected type field. Jaden Hill was injured and seemed like he was going to be out for the year. And you just kind of felt for them. It was, it was low energy downtime where a lot of, uh, a lot of criticism was coming their way and they're, struggling to their worst start to SEC play since 1969. And so for them to come back, beat McNeese really big uh, in the midweek game, and then uh, go up to Lexington and take two from Kentucky, I think was huge for them. And they really need to find a way to continue to, I mean, maybe not go out there and be world beaters, not necessarily sweep the Gamecocks, but just continue to try and stack some more positive feelings and momentum, uh, on top of where they are right now and, and just find a way to turn some things around because it's gotten really low, but you're starting to see uh, a little bit of some sparks to go up there and, and beat a, a decent Kentucky team, I guess. Um, you know, anytime you can win a series in the SEC is big, but uh, this will be a much different challenge with number 10 South Carolina coming to town. Yeah, I think the two most Googled things in recent weeks in the SEC, fire Butch Thompson at Auburn and fire Paul Maneri at LSU. It's just, that's how SEC fans roll. When things get rough, you you want to fire the coach and kick him immediately out of town. But that's yeah. why everyone is so passionate. Jarrett Roser, uh, Louisiana versus all y'all and uh, TigerDetails.com. Uh, let our listeners know, because I knew, what, you got a YouTube channel up for uh, Louisiana versus all y'all, right? Yeah, and I put a lot of the LSU stuff on there as well. So Tiger Details and Louisiana vs. All Y'all have uh, some of that LSU coverage. And I, I'm able to really kind of branch out with Louisiana vs. All Y'all and um, get some some interviews with some folks associated with uh, different universities, different sports, as well as just all over the, 
the high school and, and youth ranks and, and some different footage from some of these seven on seven settings and camps and stuff like that. And just try and mix it up and promote a lot of things happening uh, in Louisiana, you know, from border to border and sport to sport. I love it. Great stuff. Follow Jarrett on Twitter at Jarrett Roser with a T Jarrett. Good to catch up, man. Great stuff. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Yeah, man, always a pleasure. Appreciate you and hope you have a great rest of the week. Thanks, man. You too. That's our buddy Jarrett Roser from uh, uh, TigerDetails.com and uh, his YouTube channel, Louisiana versus All Y'all. And he's right. I mean, I was just looking at the, the YouTube channel. It's a lot of LSU stuff, but he catches up with a lot of Louisiana recruits as well. And yeah, LSU does a good job of keeping many of those kids in the state, but a lot of them end up going elsewhere and ends up at other schools like Alabama, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and Jimbo Fisher. He's dipped his hand into Louisiana with some recruits as well. So appreciate Jared taking some time there with us. And, uh, of course, we'll see the LSU spring game coming up this weekend as counting down to the weekend. I mean, man, it is a monster weekend when it comes to – you know, all the big baseball matchups this weekend. I mentioned LSU and South Carolina, Tennessee hosting Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spring games slated for this Saturday at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, noon Central. It'll be Mississippi State. That'll be on SEC Network Plus. Vanderbilt also at the same time on SEC Network Plus. Alabama at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central. That'll be on ESPN. LSU, they'll kick off also at the same time there on SEC Network Plus. An hour later, one East, one Central, two Eastern, you will get Georgia and Auburn, both on SEC Network Plus. And then at two Central, three Eastern, Arkansas on SEC Network Plus. So basically what you're going to want to do is, unless you're a fan of one of these specific schools, you'll be watching their spring game. Just flip it on over to the SEC Network. I'm sure they will bring all the highlights to you later in the day and into the evening from all the uh, spring games. But big weekend, and then next week we'll get South Carolina, A&M, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Of course, Mizzou already had theirs. Kentucky and Florida not having a spring game this year, but plenty of action going on this weekend. We'll recap it all for you next week, but still more to go this week as we'll uh, continue previewing some of the teams in action this weekend in their spring games. Talk to you guys tomorrow here on Locked on SEC.